week on a very special Lords of Grantham podcast, we break down the second cast of The Crown's Season 3 and Season 4 run. We talk about episodes, we talk about characters, and most importantly, we go through the power rankings. Who wound up on top and who's stinking it up on the bottom. So, stay tuned. We're back with the two-season breakdown of The Crown. And those two seasons are seasons three and four, Dave. That's right, Corey. And before we even get started, let's just say happy St. Patrick's Day. We're recording this on the 17th. Yeah. To all of our Irish listeners, either from Heritage or whether you geographically live there, uh, hello. Hello. Yeah, and cheers, Lancia. Dave, you're you're an Irishman. I'm I'm about ten, thirteen percent, despite my last name being McNair. Uh, you're like half, right? Give or take. Uh, yeah, the, basically. Mm-hmm. How how'd you celebrate today? How'd you observe? I worked, and then I had shepherd's pie for dinner. That's how I observed. Where'd you get the shepherd's pie from? Uh, my mom made it. You don't like go buying it. I don't know, man. Why? What? How did you celebrate with your your name? Uh, well, you know, Dave, I haven't had gas in my oven for <laughs> the past year uh, in my mm-hmm. apartment building, so I had a, a lean cuisine of meatloaf and smashed potatoes, or mashed potatoes. Wow. <laughs> Shout out to lean cuisines for getting me through. That's, well, just when we need them the most. Yeah, g- give us give us a sponsorship, uh, lean cuisine. <laughs> hey, who knows? Lean cuisine, very royal. <laughs> I've been right? living off it. That and takeout for the past year, and Trader Joe's frozen food, a whole mix. So, I guess the, the there's one big piece of news that we got to talk to talk mm-hmm. about, right? Well, we I I don't think it's the Harry and Meghan, right? It's not that. No, because there there's been one update, which is Gail, uh, you know, Oprah's best friend Gail. Uh, she had mm-hmm. talked to uh, Harry. It sounds like he had talked to William. And the word is no progress was made, <laughs> and no one has reached out to uh, to Megan. And also, yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, I mean, the big news is go. that they 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 let the cadaver out of the morgue. <laughs> that is correct, Dave. Prince Phil is on the loose <laughs> yet again. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I mean, the internet had fun with us, but. You know, we for, talked for a good reason. Yeah, we talked about it recently. Like, you know, we we know Phil is up there in age at ninety nine, but good lord, does he look like he's knock knock knocking on heaven's door? My God! Hey, 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 hey! There was just what is going on there? Like this guy does not. He's old. I mean, do you think he's? You think how much of him is a machine at this point? I'd say fifteen percent at this point. Fifteen? That's it? How much do you think? His teeth look brand new. He, he has pearly white teeth. <laughs> he's 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 just a robot. Yeah, that might be his. That might have been his skin at one point, but not anymore. Yeah, I, there was something wild about those photos. Just like your eyes should not look that dark around them. Uh, <laughs> they should not be that sunken in. But I, I was reading an article about uh, or just per, uh, perusing an article mm-hmm. about Prince Philip getting out of the hospital, and it said like Prince Charles. 73 made this comment about his father. And I'm like, 73? 
Yeah. Queen Elizabeth was 25 when she took when she got the crown. Yeah, Charles is up there too, man. Like Charles is 73. Charles could die and it wouldn't be a tragedy that's, he's that old. That's the whole dramatic irony is that, you know, he's been waiting his whole life for this position that he won't even probably get to enjoy all that much once he gets in it. Yeah, he's 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 old enough to be senile and for it to be normal. Well, and I think that's part of the drama from last week is he's investing a lot of time in William because, you know, he wants to see him carry out some of his vision for what he wanted to, you know, Put in, put in there when he when he became king. But yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> I mean, best wishes to to Prince Philip and and Prince Charles. You know, we really don't you, do you, man. You're too, you're rich and you're mean to your son. So keep, keep on trucking, you know, until until you run out of gas, man. Just keep it going. Yeah. So this is the the kind of episode and we did this for Downton Abbey mm-hmm. every season. Where we break down sort of the season on the whole and the power rankings. And in doing our my compiling for these power rankings, I noticed this, and I don't know if you did as well. We never did season two. Yeah, I kind of, I, I thought I was missing it somewhere, but I guess we just never recapped season two. Yeah, so we never did a compilation. So, I mean, I didn't do the back work to find yours and my power rankings for season two. Mm-hmm. So we'll figure we'll we'll rank season two when season five and season six come around and we gotta compile all of our rankings from the season. Well I was thinking we can make something work not this week, but we have I think one more crown based episode to touch and we're not gonna rush to it. But for fans of the podcast, you know what we do as far as uh mm-hmm. yeah, you know pitting there. characters against each other. We have some crown juice left in the in the glass. Yeah, I mean mania season is but, upon us, so it, it's only the time is right. And we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Um, I th- in my mind, I thought that we had just tried to recap it by the cast. I thought we had done season one and season two together, but I guess it was completely wrong on that uh, account. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we did season one, but we never did season two. I don't know why, how, why we would do just season one, but it was a pandemic. I mean, we it were... was a busy year for all of us. <laughs> yeah, and when did we? We kind of went right from season two into season three, right? We didn't really take much of a break. Mm-hmm. We have spent the fat past five months, Dave, doing seasons three and season four of The Crown. So I would mm-hmm. put it in October. We we had a busy time that month we we had a wedding to attend and i was going through a lot of that work so i yeah. It, yeah we got back on patreon in october like we were we had a lot on our plates yeah so if people really want to hear us yeah, break down complained. yeah if people really want to hear us break down season two we'll do it oh i think it's pretty <laughs> i think i think what we need to do in that one more crown episode before we take our break from that show until it comes back is just compare the power rankings of the characters at the end of season two versus the end of season four yeah, and, and are there any? Comparison? We're not rushing. We're not rushing <laughs> to that episode, so it's not like we, it's going to be next week. And yeah, is there any comparison? Because spoiler alert for this one, uh, I had about 50, sixty different uh, characters uh, or entities uh, appear on the rankings. So I don't know how much crossover there's going to be in rankings between season one and season two versus season three and season four. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm curious, but who knows? Dave is fiercely I, so checking his notes over there. <laughs> I am checking. Well, it's 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 a combination of both of our notes. So you said you had 60 characters yeah. in seasons three and four. Yeah. Do you want to 
take a guess at how many total there were between the two of us. Uh, 75. Close. Is it up or down? <laughs> up. 80? Yep, 80 on the nose. 80 wow. characters total. Okay. So we we usually I'm looking at I have my um my notes for the season 1 breakdown. I only did top 2 because there were so few characters that we did. Mm-hmm. So at the end of season uh, 1 Queen Elizabeth was at the top. Yep. With um T- Tommy LaSalle at number 2. <laughs> yeah, I had given Elizabeth 7 on my own. Tommy LaSalle, I had given zero points. It was entirely you putting Tommy LaSalle over the top. I remember that. I put him over. Anthony Eden and, was my uh, number two. <laughs> and, and on the bottom was King George. I mean, hardly knew ye. Yeah, really. Yeah, staggering. Negative 12. Yeah. So that was... Do we want to just break down these two seasons? I feel like uh, there's not... It's the tale of multiple prime ministers versus one, right? I mean, I'll tell you this much, Dave. Just going through the rankings uh, and putting together all the points uh, over the two seasons, the thing that struck me was just going through, like, the order of operations for each of these episodes. I was kind of surprised, like, wait, this episode happened before that one? This one happened after that one? And it really brought to mind how all over the map this show can be in terms of its chronology and stories that it's telling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And one thing that I noticed, and j- this will just sort of get this discussion going, um, we we refer to a lot of the things as the red shirts, you know, mm-hmm. sort of expendable characters. Yeah. The fact that we are forced by the nature of the storytelling to put um, documentaries and Carol Thatcher and a deer... And let me go some of these other ones that we have between the two of us. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the IR, well, the IR, the IRA. I, we thought it would be more South Africa, uh, Argentina, Roddy, <laughs> um, MI five. Yeah, I mean, newspapers the as a concept. Uh, Wales, Cambridge, the moon, the moon. These are the all moon. things that played a role in our rankings, and we, it's not for LBJ. Lack of this is not for lack of trying. Believe us, listeners, if you haven't tuned in that much, we do try to identify who are the characters who would be rising and falling each week, and there just isn't enough characters to fairly say they're falling or rising that week, so we have you to say... You can't say, say there, are, there aren't enough, because there are enough. It's just the episodes focus on so many expendable characters that these power rankings aren't as juicy as they were in Down Abbey, because... We are spending an entire episode with Lyndon Baines Johnson. Well, I mean, is it so much as they're expendable characters as, you know, as it is life, where people are in your life for a season season, and some are there for a reason, and, you know, LBJ is there to serve a purpose to tell us a story about Margaret, and then he's out of it, much like there's so many people in our lives we only know for a brief moment, but they play a role. So, that, like, the moon. Or, like, yeah. Charles's education, which you had. I mean, it failed him. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Or a or, or or John Lithgow, hey, the guy collected a check for like five minutes of work. You gotta get, get, you know, hand it off to him. So <laughs> that was his bed. She, they had her. They had uh, Olivia Coleman go to John Lithgow's mm-hmm. house early one morning in America too. So yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting though to think of these past two seasons because whereas season one and season two tell almost a complete story of the arc of mm-hmm. Elizabeth and Phil's early years of their marriage going, you know, the turbulent years that they had in terms of, you know, faithfulness and, and getting on and the same thereof. page. Yeah. Season three and season four 
are a little they're not as in unison yeah as they as they well, were that I feel like, and I was thinking about this too, season one is definitely much more about the rise of Queen Elizabeth and, what's his name, Winston Churchill, in that era. And then season two seems to focus more on the the marriage of Phil and, and Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like season three gets kind of lost in this sort of establishment of, you know, the, rather, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Phil have seemed to handled everything and it's sort of that life post that and then season four is just thatcher i think part of it is that when we catch up with the royals in the beginning of season three the children aren't quite of an age where we can follow them in their own stories yet which is clearly where they want to go with this you know if we're encompassing the whole crown and so we're kind of just left with the chemtrails of what was there in the first two seasons especially margaret carrying on from from tony before we can say let's focus on Charles uh, you know we don't really get a, a good look at him until episode 6 of season 3 when he's like in Wales uh, you know mm-hmm. preparing to give a speech Princess Anne doesn't even show up until episode 4 of season 3 uh, when they're focusing on the family so I th- it's very much transitional season 3 whereas season 4 is now okay the kids are adults and we're moving on with that and it's this tangled web of drama because of where the family comes from so I guess, you know, when, when the show wraps, maybe, we, we see season three as that transitional phase that had to happen for us to get to the mm-hmm. latter parts where yeah, everyone's playing a role. Season four is a uh, two-plot season with a couple of, uh, you know, smaller things coming in. As far as uh, season four, that's the one... The one we just watched. Mar- Margaret. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, but that's Margaret going... Uh, Going to oh. therapy and finding the cousins. That's really yeah. the only diversion from either Diana or Thatcher. Whereas yeah. season three, Margaretology, uh, Aberfan, the Bubikins, the one with Prince Phil's mother, the coup. The season finale the of season three was about Margaret. It wasn't even about the queen, yeah. really. The one with the moon. The one with the love triangle. That's eight, episode eight. Um, the, the minor strike. And then... The Roddy episode. Like, there's no order of operations what? for season three, whereas I think season four has two plots that it always can fall back on comfortably. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I think, take a few more chances with their with their storytelling. Like, you, you saw that with the Fagan episode in uh, uh, the fifth episode of season four, where it's just kind of focusing on this one guy as a reflection of what Thatcher represents, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like they're definitely a little bit more mature and also I think willing to take more risks with the history of things uh, in service of the story to try and you know drum up the drama which I think we've come to understand at this point Um, but yeah I don't want to necessarily flag season three for not having you know a clear like a plot exactly going on because uh, well I mean the queen is the a plot right but what, what would you say is her arc in that season exactly I think it's sort of settling, you know, sort of marinating in this world. Her marriage, you know, life is sort of, it's more reactionary versus the first two seasons, which I think are young Queen Elizabeth sort of establishing. Yeah. Now she's the tentpole and everything is going on around her. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, season three is them trying to apply what they learned in those first two seasons especially elizabeth in terms of 
you know, how to be a royal figure and, and not care about things and, and seeing that in practice. Now, all the things that she learned, we're seeing that and, and how she's dealing with that. And what we learn is she does nothing. And then you kind of see that with Phil too, where he's grappling with his own, you know, uh, <laughs> concerns about what, what's his life like, you know, in the moon episode. Mm-hmm. So there, there's an element of them, you know, trying to become mature figures who kind of just aren't there yet. They, they only have like these basic instructions that they were left with <laughs> or they, you know, in terms of queen mama that are rooted in old, old times that, yeah, they're just trying to navigate in season three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, season three, let's not forget it kind of out of nowhere comes to a head with them telling, uh, Charles, you know, that he can't be with Camilla which I think is a represent like very much a culmination of that them trying to get to that point of applying what they learned and not realizing they're making a mistake in the process. Mm-hmm. And that's episode nine, right? That's the imbroglio, the one with uh, the minor strike. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. Phil, I mean, we can't understand it stated enough. Phil falls very much to the background for these last two seasons as well. Oh, really? I mean, what, what do you want to say about Phil? He's your boy. I mean, he's our, both our boys, but he, you really love Phil. Not in real life. I like this fictionalized Phil. <laughs> I feel. I mean, I feel like in season three, he's definitely not always in the back. He has the Moondust episode is pretty much a Phil but episode. But that's it. I mean, really. He's he's pretty uh, integral in the Aberfan episode. Yeah. Um, the, the Profumo affair is in episode one, right? That's the... A season three, a season three, yeah. The the one with, yeah, that's the one where the 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 mole who mm-hmm. tries to like snitch out Phil as being that guy in those pictures. I don't know. I feel like uh, Charles sort of takes the reins from Phil about yeah. halfway through. After that, Moon Dust seems to be the last real big Phil heavy episode. And Dave, I just realized, I think I made a miscalculation on my Prince Charles calculations. I think I listed them twice. You did, I fixed it. Okay. I fixed it. <laughs> just making sure. But And I think you had Margaret as well. As, as, there's too many characters. Okay. I got it. Too many. Uh, but Dave, what were you we saying though? Uh, like, yeah, Charles kind of falls to the back, uh, or uh, Phil falls to the back as Charles takes over, which makes sense. And I think you really kind of see that transfer happen in the be- was it the beginning of season four where they're shouting at each other? Where he's shouting at him like, "I'm your father, I'm the father." No, that's the Empire Strikes Back. That's Star Wars Episode Five. Oh, okay, that different franchise. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but, well, well, it it it's kind of funny to think of. I think I think Phil is kind of representative of the arc of season three, where mm-hmm. All of season two is about the tumultuous relationship between Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth. And then as... And, and we see this in the last episode of season four, where Philip basically yells at Princess Diana and says, look, we are in service of the Queen. He doesn't yell at her. He sternly tells well, he, her. He, he sternly tells her. Yeah. And if anything, I think season three is him sort of settling into his life as a person who is just in his wife's shadow... And then season really four is. is like he is in it. He is a background player pretty much through and through. Yeah, I mean he's learned his lesson. She is the focus of everything, and yeah, it really is that moon episode where he just grapples with being, you know, uh, who he is, Prince Phil. Not going to be a moon man. Not going to be a, a fly boy all the time. So 
Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like there's this sort of idea with Phil from the first couple seasons where he's on the cutting edge of, of pushing Elizabeth to be better. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's the one that gets cameras in the the crowning ceremony or whatever that's called. That's and true. The documentary that episode he's, he's, is a heavy Phil episode. Yeah, that's the bu- yeah. that's the Bubikins episode, which is episode four. Right, of season about his three. Grandma, so, grandma, man. His mom, not his grandma. His yeah, mom. that's right. I, th- I think I made, made that same mistake when we recorded that episode. But yeah, yeah, it's um. So so Philip is sort of, I think his youth. He kind of gets over the fact that he's not. He's not steering the ship anymore. Like his opinion is sort of irrelevant now that he's getting older. Yeah. And we see him wrestling with that in the Moondust episode with his faith, too. And now, at so. 99, he is definitely not steering the ship at this point. No, we saw that picture of him in the back seat, wearing no mask. I mean, he just got out of the hospital after a month, man. Was he vaccinated? He's probably vaccinated, See, too. He man. had to have been. Are you kidding me? <laughs> his, his, it probably dripped out of the hole they put in his arm. It's like the, the uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Burns, Mr. Where Burns, they, where they, they poke right the through blood? his arm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Get, well, should get, we get to get these well power rankings? You want you want to talk about this? One more thing, Dave. I mean, okay, one more thing. If you had to pick one episode out of the past two seasons, what would you say was your favorite episode? Um, let me look. I got the Wikipedia open right in front of me. Mm-hmm. I liked the Balmoral test. Let me think. I'm just gonna. I liked the one. Balmoral test. I liked the Fagan episode. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the hereditary principle, the one about the cousins, has a lot of uh, weight for me. Um, Margaretology is a really good episode. I like having LBJ as such a big part LBJ's of it. LBJ's great, yeah. And I think the Moon Dust episode is great. I don't think the Moon Dust so, episode is good at all. <laughs> I like I like Philip. I like the I like him being annoyed with the 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 priests and then just sort of being like, "Sorry, dudes." Sure. God yeah. is cool, man. When I guess the Mar- Margaritaville not episode ten, and I, I think maybe. Yeah, episode ten oh, is great with that. Roddy coming into the picture, having some fun with uh, Margaret. That that's pretty good. Uh, maybe the Fagan episode is my favorite. I was thinking something similar too. I, that Fagan episode really stands out, just with like there's certain gentleness to how they they handle that character, and it, it just. I feel like it's a good way to tell a story without having to stretch things as much because we just don't know what he, the conversation he had with Elizabeth in that room and it's a, it's a crazy story that's really enlightening. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is a big old elephant in the room that we really haven't discussed Princess Diana much. No, I mean... And just discussing this season as a whole and considering she's one of the two plot points that carry through season four. It's wild to think about her introduction where she's like this fairy type figure dressed in her costume for a Midsummer Night's Dream and it's a it's a meet cute and then by the end of the season she is ingrained in this family but just kind of a non-entity of herself she's been drained of any of that feeling and stuff and uh, yeah I mean they really do a good job of capturing that arc across the season of her just kind of becoming a shell of herself especially as she you know gives into her, her bulimia and just self-harm and that the episode in australia is, is pretty heavy when they're where they're going at it with each other mm-hmm. uh, it, it, i think it's very interesting how um the end of the the last episode that we talked about it briefly with phil and diana mm-hmm. like phil spent a whole season gallivanting around the world screwing around cheating on his wife 
mm-hmm. but it, it was always so gleeful, yeah. kind of, and Ooh. and a sort of you know shove not off about to that. Diana. Exactly, and if I, it was gleeful, not gleeful. <laughs> you know, him and him and Mike were having fun, whereas I feel like Diana is always viewed as this sort of skeevy, dirty thing, and Charles is like this sort of aristocratic dome bubble he's living in. That's his uh, quarantine group, mm-hmm. his uh, Gloucester, wherever his house is. Yeah, she is a dirty Diana, as Michael Jackson once said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Diana. I like the portrayal of the character and everything, but it's not fun. Not much fun when when there's all that, that back and forth going on between her and Charles. It's, it's, it's not a fun thing to watch at all, which I don't think it's trying yeah, to be. Yeah, and... And I think I think one of the biggest problems with this as a show, I think the narrative of season four mm-hmm. is that we're not supposed to be sympathetic to Charles. I don't think we're supposed to be sympathetic to a lot of these characters, really. <laughs> but I feel like we're, we should... It's pretty clear, and, and Charles says this, I forget exactly what episode, if it was episode 10 or another one, mm-hmm. where he's like... If we're not happy, we got to blame the people that did this. And it's his grandma, and it's Charles Dance. Yep. You know, they're the ones that set this in motion. They told the, you know, Camilla. Yeah, they did this whole thing. And I feel like he is just as much a victim of this as she is, but she's painted as as the sort of hero, and he's the sort of sniveling royal. Yeah, I... I'm not know. saying he deserves sympathy, but she deserves just as much criticism. Yeah, I don't know if it's so much as sympathy. Uh, the more we go on with this show and we see how horrible he is, I think it's more just understanding. Understanding of where he came mm-hmm. from. He's a product of his, of his environment. And these people just aren't human in a lot of ways. <laughs> so, yeah, we're learning that in uh, real real time, too. Yeah. So before we get to the, the full power rankings, I was wondering, maybe we should save this after the rankings. Do we want to rank the prime ministers? Or you want to I was having a tough time reminding how many we have in season three. There's only two. We have Wilson and Heath, right? Yeah, there's only two. I man, I they're so unmemorable. What do you mean? You don't remember Wilson? Is well, oh well, I do remember Wilson. I don't. So okay, Heath is only there for like half an episode because he's just barely there. Yeah. Okay. Then this is Wilson. Was we liked what Wilson's fun. Yeah, no, Wilson. Uh, yeah, it is actually hard to rank because I got the. Soft, that's not. That's not. The soft spot for Anthony Eden is pretty high. <laughs> oh, overall, you're talking overall. About? Okay, let me get my pen. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I want to think about this. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to shoot from the hip. Anthony Eden is number one. <laughs> Putting okay. Wilson number two above mm-hmm. Churchill because I think we've seen enough Churchill media. It's all broad caricature. Had enough at this point. And I think Wilson was an interesting character who actually challenged Elizabeth. Uh, after Churchill, uh, I'd put Thatcher. She's an interesting cat. Uh, don't know if I ever got on her wavelength. Uh, behind that, Macmillan, because he can't find his pants. <laughs> but he's not as uh, forgettable as Heath, who's there for half an episode. I would I would say I agree for the most part. So mm. I would say, who's who's the one who goes to to Jamaica? Eden. Eden. Yeah. Eden's, Eden's Eden's number one. Yeah. Eden. I would say Eden's number one. Wilson's number two. Mm-hmm. Then I would put Churchill. Then I would put 
You're, the other boring guy from season two. McMillan. McMillan. Then I would put Thatcher. Then I would put Heath on the bottom. So we're pretty close in alignment there. Just yeah. changing the Thatcher placement. But you really did not like Thatcher. That's, hey, you know. And the one last thing before we get to the rankings, too, because we haven't really, we haven't discussed it at all, but, I mean, the difference in actors and performances, like, it's hard to compare. I feel like it's just one of those things where after watching two seasons, you just kind of grown used to Olivia Coleman and uh, Tobias Menzies in these roles, you know? It, it just... Mm-hmm. That's who they are then. Uh, at first, it was a bit of a whiplash, but you just got used to it. It's hard to compare them, really. Yeah. I mean, the Queen Mother is the worst adjustment. Yeah, because she goes from being young <laughs> to being old and still has a lot of energy in her, even for her old age in the in three and four. Yeah, she goes from, like, fit 48-year-old lady mm-hmm. to just, like... 75. <laughs> 75 and looking 75. Not, I'm not critiquing the physically. A no, we're critiquing their casting <laughs> of these roles. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Tony Armstrong Jones is a pretty good carryover, though he doesn't stick yeah. around very long. Um, Uncle Uncle Dickie, the Duke of Windsor, is a good carryover as well, I thought, even though he's only in one or two episodes. Yeah, he, he gets really old, though, with, with Charles Dance. So, <laughs> like, he ages up a lot. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm, I didn't mean Lord Mountbatten. Oh, the Duke of Windsor. Oh, yeah, Uncle yeah. Dave. Yeah, yeah. We don't get so, to see much of him, but yeah, he's yeah, he's that, that's a good casting. That was uh, in um, what's his name? Or uh, J- Jacob uh, Jacoby? Yeah, Derek Jacoby. <laughs> and and what's her name? Obviously, Helena Bonham Carter does a good job channeling the uh, Vanessa Kirby. I would I, I would say that's the most consistent like jump to jump. I mean, Olivia Coleman, don't get me wrong, is great, but she's definitely playing Elizabeth at a different tenor, which I understand. She's at a different age. She's different than Claire Foy in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. You know, I, I think T- Tobias Menzies is a very good evolution. He's the char- Charmeleon of of Matthew Good or whatever his name is uh, of his of the Charmander of Matthew Smith's not Charmander. Matthew Good Matt Smith yeah Matt yeah. Smith if Matt Smith is Charmander Tobias Menzies is Charmeleon yeah but just to go back I think that that is a good trend you know evolution for them too it is on point but just going back to Olivia Coleman and Clara Foy I feel like there's a bit of looseness to uh, Olivia Coleman I think that stems from her as a person if you've seen her in award shows and talk shows she's she has a bubbly personality where she likes to keep talking, <laughs> whereas Claire Foy is a mm-hmm. little bit more uptight, which I guess fits with where Elizabeth is in those early se- uh, seasons, trying to you know figure herself out. But not quite as smooth a transition as we get with the Phils, I feel like. And even as much as I don't think Helena Barnum Carter resembles Vanessa Kirby whatsoever, the character, you recognize the character uh, between mm-hmm. the two of them. Yeah, yeah, the, the character is more consistent. Mm-hmm. So I'm really uh, curious to see though where they go with uh, with Elizabeth for the th- last two seasons, where we got uh, was it uh, is it Jim Carter's wife? Um, you know, Umbridge from Harry Potter. Yeah, right? Umbridge. Yeah, she's the queen, isn't she? I think so. Yeah, and Jim Carter's Phil. No, he's not. <laughs> no, it's uh, what's his name uh, from Brazil? Uh, the guy who started starting that movie. There's been a million mm-hmm. British things I can't think of right now who looks nothing at the all. The guy from Babe? No. Uh, 
but he looks nothing at all like Tobias Menzies or Matt Smith. <laughs> I'm looking it up. I wish I could remember his name. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Jonathan Price. These... Yeah, Jonathan Price, who looks nothing at all like. I mean, maybe they'll do some makeup, but he does not look like yeah the other two. So maybe he'll he'll summon their essence just. Oh, right. he's a that he's a that guy for sure. Yeah, he started in Brazil. I can see it. You no what 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 do you see in resembling two blonde haired men with a full head of hair? He'll wear a wig, and he's old. He's gonna have gray hair. He's not like a young man. There, I don't know. I don't see him being as got that spark that they do but yeah we'll see we'll see he's from pirates of the caribbean tomorrow never dies also it should be noted that (laughs) was it um matt smith is only about seven or eight years younger than tobias memzies jonathan price is 25 27 years older than uh (laughs) tobias memzies so yeah we are in store for some uh age ups significantly and I know they're they're laying on those prosthetics in the last uh, couple episodes so well you know he plays the president of the United States yeah in the G.I. Joe movies in the G.I. Joe film yes I'm aware of that I don't like I don't really like him as an actor I'm sorry if people like him everything I've seen him in is just like that guy that they could you know they couldn't get the better British actor so they always got him even though he's a well regarded actor and he's you know pretty good in his own right but I just I don't like him don't like him. And maybe that just stems from not liking that movie Brazil. Anyways, we should get to the power rankings. <laughs> okay. So, even though there were 80 characters, mm-hmm. a lot of them were red shirts. So, I only did top and bottom three. Okay. And you you, so, you weighed all our points together. This is between the two of yep, us. So, I combined your total power rankings. And, the, and for those that may have not joined us on the Downton Abbey run... What you know, our power rankings are given points at the end of every episode. So if you if you were number one, you had three points. If you were number two, you had two points. And if you were number three, you had one point. Mm-hmm. And if you were on the negative side, ne- first place negative. So if you had the worst week, that's minus three, minus two, minus one. Mm-hmm. So negative points cancel out positive points. And that's pretty much how that works. Yeah. And we've compiled all 20 episodes into top and bottom three. So, going down, it's a tie between... And number three. Number three. Negative six points. Okay. Tony Armstrong Jones. Justifiably. And the Duke of Windsor. Uncle Dave. The Nazi. (laughs) Yep. As, as you should be known as. So basically what that means is they both had one really bad week and we both agreed. Negative six. Yeah, I mean, I think Tony maybe have taken a, a couple more hits over season three to, to get there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, bad runs. One, one I, I think, yeah, it was the double whammy of, of the Duke of Windsor being a Nazi. And then Tony, it was just him continuing to cheat on Margaret and not getting along with her and knowing full well what he was getting into when he married her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's really not too much to discuss there. He's a not. We find out he's a Nazi. Yeah, there you have it. And he die. He dies regretting his decision to leave the throne. Like, bye. Yeah, messed up. Uh, number two, jump to eight point negative eight points. Another tie mm-hmm. between Lord Mountbatten and. Do you want to guess who the number other who's tied with Lord Mountbatten? Is it Elizabeth? Nope. It is Margaret Thatcher. Wow. 
Yeah, you really didn't like Thatcher. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like her much either. But man, you really didn't enjoy any of her uh, any of her appearances. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lord Mountbatten, meddling a lot of meddling from him. I thought he'd be higher. I thought he had a you know some good moments, but I guess all the advice he gave Charles was the wrong advice, and then he got blown up. <laughs> and then yeah, they, they tap him for a coup that doesn't wind oh, up happening. Right. That's right. That whole episode <laughs> that really doesn't add to anything. It doesn't really do much at all for the series except just to kind of. That's season three to show him grap, you know, grappling like the other characters with changing times. As with the yeah, they need to justify his paycheck. That too. <laughs> and then he shows up and boom. Yeah, Charles dances. Nice. He, he's dancing goodbye. Yep. And, and Dave, give me a little bit more about why Thatcher is so low for you. I don't like her. I don't like her one bit. Wet I think rag. she's pompous. I think she's a failure. Okay. And she was pro-apartheid. Well, not pro-apartheid. She didn't object to apartheid, which is And she was anti-Irish. Well, I mean, the IRA did carry out hits on Mountbatten <laughs> and crew. Yeah, but they, because of what... They, they didn't do it for no reason. They did it because they wanted to be independence. They wanted to break away, and she said, no, 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 no. That's not so fair. That's what not cool. better place for her... It's St. Patrick's Day. It is St. Patrick's Day, so what better place for her to be than that number two on the going down rankings for the past two seasons? Yeah, and number one, you venture to guess? Charles. Charles. <laughs> Negative 12. Just keep d- dig- digging himself a grave this past year, just being a terrible husband. And uh, I mean, he gave a good speech, a fine speech so you, in season three. So you want you want to know how this works out between you and me? Yeah, I gave Charles ended my season four with negative one points. Mm-hmm. He ended your season four with negative eleven points. So, so you, you are solely responsible for putting Charles. Hey, this is makes up for you <laughs> saying that Tommy LaSalle was top three in the first two seasons. Now. I think we had every reason to put Prince Charles that low. I don't, I don't know why you, you weren't as down on him as I was. I don't know. There's only so many I, fine I speeches think, he could give. I think he he's, like I said, I don't I don't vilify him all that much. I think he, he's, he's just as much a victim of this narrative as Diana. Sure. Okay. And, well, well, that was, yeah. was going down. <laughs> yeah, so going up with positive eight. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to guess? Uh, was it Phil? No, it's Margaret. Really? Well, based on how my rankings worked out with Margaret, I think she was a net zero <laughs> altogether. That's right. That's right. So Dave, so you gave me. her eight points because she's, she's the to- Tommy LaSalle. Yeah, you really liked Hotty Toddy Roddy. So no, we got Margaretology. Uh-huh. We have um, Roddy, and we also have the Cousins episode, Hereditary Principle. That's three episodes where she's like closing in on number one or number one for me. Not yeah. to mention, I I give her a lot of mic drop moments. I don't think you were as as generous with those moments as I was. If she yeah, had a scene stealing for... moment, I would I would give her like I think I gave her points for um, Balmoral Test. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you did. Not that I'm going to go through episode by episode, but yeah, yeah, you thought more highly of her. I mean, I I didn't think she had a good experience with finding cousins that were, you know, hidden from her family and then going through a midlife crisis. I didn't think that was a positive week for her, but you know, you took a shine to it. So, you know, I think it's a noble effort. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, it's, and and you know, we all like Vanessa Kirby. Number two, who do you think yeah. is number two? 
okay, this one, I'm going to assume Princess Anne. She came on strong. Yep, Princess Anne with positive 13. I mean, look, she came in hot singing Bowie and had a really well-defined character. And then she just really came in and made flexes all through season four of telling people what they should be doing even while her marriage crumbled. She had the right quips. She was she was the dowager. She was young dowager. Absolutely. Pretty yeah. Pretty, I, I echo those sentiments. There's really not too much to add. Mm-hmm. Number one though, I know. Any- I know it's a given. You put them over the top. <laughs> who? It's the man who's still with us today. It's Prince Philip. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Positive sixteen, Prince Philip. There you have it. <laughs> well, let's see. How did that play out? Do we even have to tell you why? I mean, the guy's just... If you well, want I mean, to both say of that, us gave him points. I, I, get, I had positive 10, you had positive 6. Yeah, it's a matter of... Okay, if Princess Anne is the Dowager, then he is the male equivalent of the Dowager, which I don't even know if there is one in Down when I come to think of it. Like a Mr. Carson? I guess, yeah. But better than that, you know, more, more likable. I mean, Robert is kind of the... the yeah, I mean, he is more like a robber. <laughs> And that, that would align with him being our boy. Uh, he, he's a cad. That, that's who he is. And we like that. Mm-hmm. We like that kind of guy. He settled into his life. He, mm-hmm. He's better than the spaceman. Shook his fist at the moon. Uh, he was playing cricket in his little cricket shack. Watched a lot of TV. Watched a lot of TV oh, yeah. on here. He made peace and with his mom. That was really nice. That was really sweet. I almost wish they kept her around longer. That was the one thing about this these past two seasons I feel like they emphasized even more was just people disappearing without them saying anything. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Wilson lost his job, by the way. And it's like, huh? Well, he even come back, and then he came back. But meanwhile, Traterris, uh, you know, kept his job through season four, even though he, in the real world, he didn't have it at all. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, I mean, we got to give Phil, like... Phil has a powerhouse of a scene in the last episode. Like, yeah, he comes in when you need him. He comes in and tells it like it is. So all the more power to him. I mean, I mean, there, again, we there wasn't that much realistic competition when it came down to it. Was Roddy with three votes going to do it? Was Dazzle with three votes going to do it? I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, We're uh, the National Coal Board at negative one. I don't think so. <laughs> coal miners themselves, another negative one. Uh, just Porchy. Poor Chi, poor poor Chi. The documentary filmmakers. Yeah, just all over the. Guess the how? Map. Guess where? How Queen Elizabeth fared at the end of season four? What her I, overall was? Well, I had her personally at negative nine. So, mm-hmm. I I think you were a little bit more lenient on her. Some like negative five. Negative two total. Wow. I had positive seven for the queen. Really. I, I mean, I, yeah. Be, do you? So, so do you want to compare our our? individual rankings at the end of the season before we we call it an episode yeah i mean i don't think i was that far off from what you had there in terms of i had phil at number three and then tied for the top actually well yeah i had actually diana uh tied with uh, princess Anne for the top Mm -hmm. because i thought the impressions that diana made were pretty impactful you know on the whole i had a lot at at the bottom so i had thatcher and lord mountbatten was at my bottom man okay yeah what it, uh, or you didn't want to say what was at your top? Tell us what was your top, bro. I had Elizabeth, Margaret, and Phil. Elizabeth, really? Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 
I, I was kind of surprised. I always took too. her side over Thatcher. Yeah, I mean, just to jump now to my bottom, I, I had Tony, obvious, mm-hmm. Charles, obviously, Elizabeth. I was surprised to see Elizabeth so negative, but I think that stems from me just thinking that she was just giving the wrong advice at every turn and then take missing every opportunity to assert herself. So she was mm-hmm. just really just sinking herself the entire time, but for some reason for you, Dave, that worked. Yeah, I don't like the monarchy. But you liked Elizabeth, you say. I guess, yeah. So it's good that she's sinking the monarchy. Okay, okay, gotcha. So who is going so on, down? Go on, go on, on the bottom, I have a, a bunch. So it, this, it, I have Thatcher and Mountbatten, negative four, and Diana's on the bottom for me. So I, I guess mean, we I say that. We, I don't, I don't, if I don't vilify Charles, and I also treat Diana fairly. She has a rough go. Yeah. Wait, but yeah. at the same where was token, where was Charles for me? Charles is like two what or something. Where is he? You just negative not... one. He's he's in the he's in the weeds. You should have kept your eye on the ball here, man. Come on. Yeah, for no, but for me, Diana has positive five and negative ten. So it, yeah. it nets out at negative five. So it's not like I'm all down on Diana. She had two good episodes. Yeah. Okay. But more bad ones. She changed the face of how we saw HIV. You know that that was a good enough mm-hmm. for a point last week. People loved her. She got to sing and dance. Yeah, whatever. You know, we'll we'll, we'll revisit this in a couple of years when we have to watch season five. Yeah, we we're gonna have, have to, to revisit this episode. <laughs> yeah. Best of luck to us uh, in the future when we get there. Um, but yeah, that's seasons three and four of The Crown, right? I, I think that's all we can really say about those. Yeah, enjoy. Good or how would you rank the seasons overall? Season four is absolutely better than season three. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it would, it's even close because, like I said, season three was pretty shapeless. Uh, season two and season one blur together in a lot of ways, aside from the demarcation of Churchill within Eden in the first season, then uh, Eden carrying over to Wilson. It's hard to separate the two seasons. Although, two I'd Two is, a, is much more Phil being yeah. a, a, a pip. So I put two over one. So I think I'd go... Because f- this last season had a lot of drama. I'd say four, yeah, two... Four is, I think it's the best one. Four, two, one, three. Yeah, I agree. That's good assessment. Yeah. All right. Very well, then. So where well, that's that. What... Yeah. Have you been watching anything else this week? I mean, we didn't even have to watch a Crown episode. I know. It was pretty sweet. Uh, and we didn't have to do homework. Um, I watched... I think I did some Oscar homework. Uh, I watched uh, Minari, which I thought was mm-hmm. fantastic. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, especially given what's going on in the world today with all the negative Asian hate crimes, which is just, just disgusting. Like, you know have some understanding from mm-hmm. and I yeah highly recommend that movie and uh, I don't know what else I, I really watched honestly um, I watched my rainy's black bottom which didn't do much for me <laughs> so wow it was kind of a low-key week for for watching stuff yeah how about you Dave I just watched more sopranos <laughs> that's it that's, that's literally all, all I watch sopranos Watch more Sopranos and watch. Uh, I've been playing Luigi's Mansion on the Switch. That's what I've been doing. Oh, how how are you liking that? It's fun. It's really light. So it's um, you know, it has more meat than a Mario game typically does plot wise. So okay, or at least the Mario games that I've played. So yeah. it's 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 a silly. You know, it's fun. I'm casually interested in that. Yeah, it looks like it'd be fun. Oh, I just remembered though that I did. 
last week on Friday night around 11 o'clock I decided to put on Heat just because it came up <laughs> uh, in terms mm-hmm. of movie when I was just looking for movies and I watched an hour and then I woke up on Saturday morning and then just sat there for two hours and watched the rest of it I just I was like going to break it up into pieces and I just couldn't stop watching it it is just so imminently watchable <laughs> movie's a classic that's a cast right there that's um, the that's the Patreon bonus episode if we're waiting for have you watched that movie recently Dave? I think I've only seen it in full once. Oh my god, Pacino and De Niro that movie are on another level. Like honestly, I think it may be their best movie. Sorry, Godfathers, it, like he is doing something else. I don't think anyone's saying De Niro is the best in The Godfather too. No, but in terms of his best, their best movies that they appear mm-hmm. in. Oh, together. Well, or I mean, they don't even that. appear together. And yeah, movies that Godfather they happen to appear too. in at the same in the same movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's a short list. Well, that's like, and what, Kilmer's in that movie? That's just the cast. Oh, my gosh. You got Trejo. You got Tom Sizemore. You got um, John Voight. Uh, <laughs> you could just go down the list. That movie's got actors. Um, anyways, that's what we've been watching. And what, what yeah. is next for us, Dave, on, on this podcast? What are we going to cover next? I don't know. We haven't really talked about that too much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we've talked about it, but we haven't really circled around exactly what's next. Um, maybe take a take a week off, maybe. Yeah, and I then mean, maybe we'll, do, we'll, maybe drop a Patreon for the feed to to we'll keep put you some guys out there. Yeah, and then maybe some maybe I, I I'd love to to dip my toe back into Downton for a week or two. It is a weird thing where we joked about how how many times can we actually watch the show, and now I'm seriously considering like. I will watch an episode for the fourth time or fifth time at this point. Why not? It's been long enough. I've probably we've. I feel like I've forgotten some of you know, the small pieces. You know, it's uh, it's due time for us to watch uh, some of the episodes again. Yeah. So let's just say it like this. I'll, we'll we'll find either a Patreon classic episode to, to unlock to entice our listeners to get into our Patreon, mm-hmm. or maybe we will just take a week of of silence. Yeah. Either way. You won't hear anything new from us last next week. We're going to enjoy the beginning of spring. Mm-hmm. And then hit us up on the socials if there's a Downton episode you've been wanting us to talk about for a second time. Or yeah. or maybe like a broad Downton concept. Maybe we talk about a, a character's entire show arc kind of thing. I feel like thing. I know an episode or two that people have been asking for us to watch again that we haven't watched. So I know there's one, we, that, one that we definitely haven't watched. Yeah, so we'll get back to that <laughs> in due time. Uh, but yeah, we'll catch you... Well, Again, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook if you're so interested. You can leave us leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Hit us up at our Gmail. Uh, we have merch pinned to our Twitter if you want to click yeah. through on that. And there's also the Patreon, too, for Lords of Grantham if you want to look that up. So it's all out yeah. there. And we'll catch you next time on the podcast.